0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: Economics.
0: Well, joining us for a look this week at Business and Finance News is the ABC's Business Editor, Ian Verinder. Ian, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Good to be here, Phil. Well, a lot of discussion over the last couple of weeks about uh, negative gearing. (laughs) Hmm. This is off the back, of course, of... uh, of the government's decision to change its mind on the stage three tax cuts, look, everyone is so bitten on this, and as you've observed many times, the only tax reform you ever get in this country from now on is a tax cut. Yeah. Um, but it does raise the issue about whether anyone is prepared. I know the Greens are going on about it in the in the Senate, and you know more power to their arm, I suppose. But it does raise the question as to whether anybody is ever prepared to do anything about. What has happened? A long-term change in our society, which means that Unless your parents owned a house, you probably never will.
1: Well, that's just it. You know, I think we've turned from being a quite a, an egalitarian society. Well, we like to think we're egalitarian. Well, we think we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, well, look, we've got a decent education system. We've got a decent health system. I mean, far better than the States. Mm. And, you know, and many other developed countries as well. But, you know, and the same forces are happening in other countries too, i got to say. But here, you know, we've, we've done a couple of things. You know, one is the level of uh, people we're, bringing into the country to, for population growth, which we've done over the past 20 years. And then we've also, for at least oh half a century or more, we've had this policy of um, encouraging housing development or, mm. or, you know, funding people, giving them tax breaks so that they can invest in, in housing. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's sort of... I don't think it's ever really worked in the way that people promise that it does work, that it provides, uh, you know, extra housing for rental income. And, you know, even as far back as 1985, Paul Keating tried to chuck it out the out the door then, negative gearing, tried to wind it right back and basically accused the opposition of looking after their mates uh, and uh, essentially basically, you know, giving them all tax breaks.
0: Yeah, that argument about the fact that negative gearing improves the Rental supply market has never been proved, has it?
1: No, no. I mean, why? Why would it? I mean, just because you own another property doesn't mean there's going to be more properties built. Hmm. Um, you know, I guess if you if there's a lot of demand for housing and the price of housing rises, that does encourage developers and builders to build more houses. Hmm. But you know, really at the at the end of it all, you've got to have the people to put them in the houses. Mm. And so if you've got the demand either for rent or for, you know, owner-occupiers, that's what's really going to determine the, the the level of demand for housing. And so we've actually done both things. We've created this investment kind of scenario that encourages people to buy more and more houses. Mm. And then we brought a whole lot of people into the country to fill them up, you know. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a couple of economists out there who uh, call themselves macro business and uh, one of their themes is houses and holes. That's what Australia is all about, you know, building houses and digging holes.
0: <laughs> well, they, they may be right. <laughs> How do we make housing more affordable?
1: Yeah, well, look, it's, you know, this is what annoys me. Every every time I hear politicians bang on about affordable housing and affordable housing policies, you think, well, look, it's not really um, it's not something you can do in the short term. It's going to take a bloody long time to be able to make housing affordable. And there's a couple of painful processes that are involved if you want to do it. And, you know, if you think about it, well, what does affordable housing mean? Well, everyone's complaining about the high price of and the high cost of housing, particularly for first home buyers. Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to lower the cost of housing? Do you want to make the price of houses reduce? Well, that's a a fine principle for for those wanting to buy into the market, but how do you do that without hurting everybody else in the market hmm. so if you reduced the number of the the price of housing, what you would be doing ultimately is creating the same kind of scenario that uh, took place in America around about two thousand and eight when the price of housing crashed and it Ricocheted right through the banking system and created a what was known as the global financial crisis. Mm. So there's always unwanted consequences in these kind of in these kind of things. The other potentialish problem, you know, a solution would be to make sure people's incomes rose, mm. but that would create an inflationary problem. It would also mean a lot of people threw a lot more money at housing, which probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't solve the, the the problem either. But if you look at the ratio of Income to the cost of, you know, the average cost of a house. The the ratio has risen dramatically in the past, you know, 50 years or so. Uh, and Alan Cole has, has done quite a bit of work on this. Uh, he mm. just wrote a quarterly essay on it where he said, you know, when he bought his first house, I think the, the income, the ratio to income to, to housing price was in the threes. And, and now it's, you know, way up. 7s and 8s, mm. 10s, you know, so it, it, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to get into the market. And ultimately what this means is that younger generations of Australians, you, if your parents don't own a house, then you're very unlikely that you're going to as well, because most parents these days are funding their, their kids into, into yeah, new houses. Up.
0: What about thinking about another way, which is that okay? Well, if you can't if you can't politically, in palatable terms, get rid of the tax concessions, why not simply make the housing that make residential housing as a class an unattractive investment by taxing it more highly? Mm. Uh, I mean, Victoria, for example, they have got very high rates of land tax. Uh, I have not I haven't looked at closely compared to other states, but they're very high. Mm. And that's another way to do it, wouldn't it be, to to perhaps increase land taxes. It's a state-based tax, I know. Mm. But to make that, in other words, make that investment class increasingly costly to hold.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the big problems with Australia and tax is that we, we heavily tax income. Mm. We tax personal income and company mm. income. Um, we don't tax assets really very highly at all.
0: Yeah, I'm talking land tax, and land tax only applies, of course, to your other to another house. If, yeah, if your own your, your family home doesn't pay pay land tax.
1: Yeah, but that's unusual globally mm. that you don't pay any tax on your family home.
0: I can see an argument for that.
1: Yeah, uh, look, you know, there's always an argument. For, but, but you know, globally, we don't tax assets very, very mm. highly. Mm. And, you know, so, yeah, there, there are all those kind of arguments. I mean, the state government in New South Wales uh, put up a proposal The the coalition government, the previous one, put up a proposal to shift from stamp duties to paying, you know, an an annual fee rather than an upfront fee, Mm. which ultimately would rake in more money. Mm. Um, And that's not it's not a land tax as such, but it would be, you know, it would be getting along the lines to actually tax, um, you know, Mm. an asset, you know, on a more frequent um, period.
0: That's true, that's true, but I wonder whether there isn't a simpler way and simply to say we'll, we'll increase rates of land tax for for um for second or third or fourth houses, and rates those rates of land tax could be made uh, you know at such a level that it actually becomes unattractive to invest yeah. in them. Well, and you, and you think and about a, it, that, and that would I mean—that would mean that, you know those houses are then available for people to buy as hmm. houses because they don't attract land.
1: Actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, spending all this money as we do on housing, it's not a very productive way to to actually no. invest. And the investment environment has been created
0: for us to do that. It's more, it's more attractive than Bitcoin. <laughs> true. but if you but, wanted to fix thinking yeah, the unproductive assets to invest in yeah, yeah true
1: i mean look it does have a a utility it keeps mm. a roof over people's heads yeah. but um you know i mean negative gearing is really you know it's a real bugbear in lots of ways and and the the idea that you can deduct um income from a from a from revenue on a business, that's globally accepted. As, exactly. But, you know, so this is but, the thing. Negative
0: what, gearing is not just about houses. I mean, you can yeah. negatively gear any investment.
1: That's right. And shares, you can negatively you know, gear, gear shares. shares? Yeah. Yeah. Where it differs in Australia to anywhere else in the world is that if you've got a business, and let's say your business is investing in housing, yeah. um, anywhere else in the world, you would you would negatively, well, you, let's forget the words negatively gear, but you would deduct the interest cost on your on your investment from the rental income coming in, right? Mm. And you would pay tax on the differential there. And sometimes you would lose money, but if you lost money for over a long period of time, you'd probably flick it, flick the asset, flick the house. Mm. Um, In Australia, we've taken it one step further. So you can actually deduct the losses on your investment property mm. from your income, income, your personal income. So you're not just deducting the interest cost from the revenue on your investment. You then, if you, make, if you lose money, you can deduct that loss from your personal income. You
0: wouldn't be able to deduct a land tax impost, though, would you?
1: Uh, I would doubt it very much. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, you know, and then, look, there's another factor involved there, too, and mm. that is the 50% discount on the, on the capital gains tax, mm-hmm. which was something that was introduced uh, by Peter Costello, I think, when he was treasurer, John, John Howard. John yeah. Howard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea for that is that if you own uh, an asset for a certain period of time you pay and you sell it at a profit, you pay 50% of that profit as, as tax. Mm. Um, but if you own it for more than 12 months, that Level is halved, oh, yeah. so you only pay 25%. And the idea for that is that, well, look, there's inflation that's involved, right? Hmm. But, you know, inflation is not a very difficult thing to calculate over the years. You know, we've been publishing inflation numbers for a very long period of time. Mm. It's actually a very, very sweet deal if you, if you um, you know, uh, make a lot of money out of an asset and you pay not a lot of tax. Mm. And you pay a lot less tax on an investment than you would if you simply earning income through your income. So it's been a very attractive way to minimise your tax on the way through well, via the negative um, mm. negative gearing. And then at the very end, when you sell it at the cap- for a capital gain, you minimise your tax that you're paying at that end as well. Um, so look, there had been proposals stumped up. I mean, Paul Keating did uh, try and wind it all back in 1985, and uh, there was a huge backlash at the time, and it actually coincided with a rental increase, a sudden surge in rents. Um, which a lot of uh, people argued was as a result Mm. of scaling back negative gearing. I'm not sure that that was the exact cause of it. But anyway, a couple of years later, he reinstated it all after a huge lobbying campaign. But, you know, the uh, Shorten government took a proposal to the election in 2019, which was actually, you know... Whether you like Bill Shorten or whether you vote for Labor or whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you want to look at housing policy and what we can do to actually you know, take some of the heat out of the market and actually make it a much more legitimate market mm. – the, the proposal that they came up with was let's grandfather everything in the past. So if you own a negatively geared house, you can continue to own it for as long as you like. You get your capital gains, tax discount, the whole thing. But for anybody who wants to buy a property in the future, you can only negatively gear a brand new property. And mm. the beauty of that policy is that what it does is it ensures that property investors from that point or from now on um, would only be investing in brand new properties. So it increases the supply of housing, which everybody is screaming that we don't have enough housing supply. This is one of the big problems. So all the investment would be going into the supply of new housing rather than investors out there you know, competing against first home buyers and everybody else and pushing up the price of existing housing.
0: Given that house prices are going up and immigration is high... Why Why is there a shortage of housing? Why aren't we building more house I mean, if you're a builder, why aren't you in there building as... Building your pants off. Well, one of
1: the problems... What, 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 of What's the,
0: what's, what's the issue of?
1: One, of one of the issues is we've had 13 rate hikes in a row. That's yeah. put a lot of builders under pressure. A lot of builders have lost a lot of money and they're back, basically backed out of the game, backed out of the industry and but so... There's,
0: but there's demand there. I mean, there is... There's a
1: huge demand. So I mean, if there's there, demand,
0: mean, yeah. like supply will meet it, I, I
1: would never have imagined that after 13 rate hikes in, what, 18 months, yeah. two years, that you would have seen property prices recover to the extent that we have. Have. you know now in when they first when f- the rate hikes first started we saw property prices really come off the boil and 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 slump but since january last year we've had every single month we've seen uh, price rises which is extraordinary really but look just look at some of the numbers i mean last year we are uh, brought in around six hundred thousand extra people into the country mm. it was you know the Floodgates opened after years of uh, isolation from, you know, COVID lockdowns and, and all the rest of it. But we built 165,000 dwellings. Now, that's just not enough to house 600,000 people. I, I, know, so, I
0: know, but what I don't get is why?
1: Well, because there's so much trouble in the building industry that it, it created. It created uh, right. an absolute nightmare. So a lot of builders went out went out backwards. And a but lot how of,
0: can you in a market, a market where there's a huge demand for houses?
1: Because building costs jumped mm. and a lot of them were locked into fixed price contracts. So a lot of them you know, actually mm. encountered a lot of difficulty there. Mm. So it's had a real perverse effect. Now, that's going to be a short-term Might that thing. Re-
0: that'll be short-term. Yeah. It'll write itself, yeah. will
1: it? It will, but in the meantime, we've still got to live with the aftermath of mm. that, which is that we're not, we don't have anywhere near Enough supply, new supply, and you know and if you look at it's still going on in the in the um, ABS numbers for September, we saw construction fall to its lowest level in ten years, you know down something like seventeen percent. Uh, in the month of September, but down dramatically during that during the year to September as well. Now, if we if you look at the approvals in December, they were down ten percent from the previous year. So this shortage is going to you know go on. You you can't build something in the space of a couple of months. It takes you a long time to do it. And mm. if we've got this continual drop off in in building, and we've got a lot of people coming in, then prices I can't see that prices are going to moderate uh, too mm.
0: much. You know. All right, Ian, always good to talk. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues
1: that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife.